Welcome to the Circle of Birth podcast. I'm your host and advocate, Ali Kranz. These podcasts are here to gather stories, people and information to better our understanding of the wisdom of birth and how we can reclaim our connections to birth from conception and beyond. You will hear stories not only from Australia but from all over the world, bringing together women, partners, midwives, doulas and all the people that have a birth story to share. So jump right in for this next Circle of Birth story. Welcome to episode 16. I am feeling very aligned with this podcast and this journey from Avalon Dunesh from Blossoming Woman. Her absolute intuitive journey here is infectious and I want more of it. She shares with us today three birth journeys from a hospital birth at the 25 years of age that empowered her into the work that she's doing now. From there, she has two ultimately ecstatic home births and and the last being an orgasmic or like what I like to call complete surrendering experience. This woman is empowered and she certainly has got a gift to share. You will leave this episode feeling very ecstatic as her ecstatic birth experiences. So enjoy this story with openness and respect for our decisions and from that we'll become stronger as a collective of empowered people. Thank you. Hi there, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us for the show, um, for the Circle of Birth and I appreciate you taking the time to come and share your stories and your journeys with us. Hi. Hi. Yeah, you're welcome. It's such a pleasure to be here. I love talking about birth. Yay, that helps. (laughs) (laughs) So you've got three birth stories to share. Now you're a um, you've got five in a blended family, um, yeah. and three births of yours. And yes. so what I would love to hear and is of those stories and how that came into your journey and the amazing work that you're doing now, and we can hear more about that. So um, if you'd like to kick it off and be the storyteller, I'm here to listen. <laughs> okay, great. Thank you. Well, my birth stories kind of started, um, my my journey with birth started really young as a child. Actually, I used to write books. I used to draw books, actually picture books of women, pregnant women and every page they would be getting, their womb would be getting bigger and they would have like a, a cutaway view, like you could see the womb and the placenta and the cord, like full detail. Wow. And how, yeah, how old so were you? Um, about Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, yep. And I used to draw them all the time. And my mum, I remember she took one to her doctor because mum was like, you know, just go to the doctor every now and then. And he was like, wow, pretty blown away. So it was just something that I was really into. And my games always involved giving birth to dolls <laughs> on the floor and give birth to the doll coming out my skirt. So you weren't like cutting Barbie's hair, you were like making them. Oh, I was cutting Barbie's head too. Oh, yeah, cool. cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but yeah. Um, Then I went to a psychic actually when I was in my late teens, early 20s, and she said, you know, something that's going to transform your world and your purpose will become clear when you give birth to your first baby. And at at that time I was a little bit kind of like – you know, as a late teen, kind of not really even thinking about my purpose. I was just like, give me some guidance. What's happening in my life? So 
I kind of heard that and then just dropped it and just carried on life. And I knew that eventually I'd give birth and stuff, but I went, I was pretty much big party girl at that time and ended up going traveling around the world and met someone. And then we, he was a DJ and we did a lot of um, Psytrance festivals and him and his partner and myself, we decorated festivals and we traveled through Mexico decorating festivals. And there was one particular festival I ended up in the morning at sunrise on the beach and I just had this really cosmic experience and I felt like my womb was being implanted with life, like from the sun. It was like really kind of psychedelic and then I had this feeling like my baby's about to land in my life and it was really powerful and within about a month or so I'd conceived my baby Wow. And so that was really, I was in Mexico at the time and it was like, and all of a sudden, you know, my senses were super heightened and Mexico is really quite a polluted city, Mexico City. And I just had to get out of there and I changed all my plane tickets and spent all this money because I just wanted to get out of this city because I couldn't cope, you know, my, with like dry retching, just walking out the house. And so I ended up, eventually came back to Australia, landed three months pregnant and I was feeling really good and then I didn't know really what to do. I'd never been pregnant before and, you know, like needed, never needed to figure out what I was going to do um, and didn't have any friends that had babies. And I thought, well, I'll go to the doctor and tell the doctor I'm pregnant, even though I hadn't even had a pregnancy test or anything. Um, went to the doctor. She sort of, you know, checked me out. Still hadn't had a pregnancy test, but obviously it was pretty obvious by now, like getting a little bit of a belly, no no period anymore. And so I did shared care. So she said, you know, you come and see me for your visits and then you your last few weeks you visit the hospital and give birth in the hospital. And I thought, okay, cool. And then I wanted to do some reading and, and researching and I went to a bookshop and I got uh, a book called Misconceptions by Naomi Wolf. And I went up to the the counter and actually there was two books, that one and Up the Duff because I was like, oh, that looks fun. <laughs> and so I got those two books and the guy at the counter said, are you pregnant? And I said, yeah. And he goes, well, don't read that book. He was pointing at misconceptions and I'm like, hmm, okay, there's something in this book that I need to know. So uh, I just devoured that book. It was so um, interesting and, and really highlighted the state of the birth industry, you know, and how much disempowerment happens. And I was like, shit, like I'm just in that, like I'm going to birth in hospital and questioning a few things but still felt, in myself, totally confident about birthing naturally. That was my journey. Like I never even thought about um, any other options really. I did go to an antenatal class in the hospital and the first thing, like they they handed around all the instruments that they use in birth and I was just like, what the, like I didn't even need to see this stuff. And one of the things they handed around was like the little screw that they screw into the baby's head, you know, the fetal monitor. And I was like, oh, it was giving me the heebie-jeebies. And then um, and then she said, okay, well, now we're going to show you a video of a cesarean. And I just said, you know what? I don't need to see this. Bye. And I just walked out. And I connected with a woman who did active birth training. So I met up with her and did a couple of classes. And that was really cool because she finally spoke my language. I didn't know anyone else that was pregnant at that time. So it was great to connect with someone who trusted birth, 
who just, you know, showed me a few tools that I could use in my birth to work with my body's energy. And I was, I felt totally prepared. And then I went, uh, over like 40 weeks, 41 weeks, went to the 41 week visit at the hospital. And then I I took my sister with me. I was prepared for the, a bit of a lecture or something, because I was really aware now of the, of the culture around birth. And, I was kind of thinking, why am I here? Oh, well, you know, I'm just doing it. This is the plan. I'll just stick with the plan. I had no money, actually. I had no money for a midwife. I hadn't even really considered the concept of free birthing. Um, So, yeah, I went... The guy, the 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 obstetrician on on the job at the time when I had my 41-week visit said, look, just... um, Now we need to discuss your options. You know, you're 41 weeks. And I said, well... My option is I'm going to give birth to my baby when my baby's ready to be born. And he said, well, you do know that your baby could die. And I just looked at my sister and we just about cracked up laughing because we were like, what a wanker. Like, seriously, we were just um, prepared for this. And I felt like I was this rebel in the system, like, oh, God. And, and at every step of the way, like, it just felt so unnecessary, all the things that happened. So eventually... Uh, close to 42 weeks, I went into um, labour at home and I stayed at home. I just rode the waves and it just built up. And this was a good kind of a day, like 20, the, the labour from beginning to end was 27 hours. So I just rode the waves of it and we were, a friend was arriving from Japan that day. So I got in the car, we went and met him at the airport because it was really gentle labour at first. And started picking up and that later that evening it really started kicking into the next level I was like right okay this is it and I felt so alive and I was really into it and had this distant idea like oh yeah I better call the hospital I want to make sure I get a room with a bath that was my main thing so I was living in a little place that didn't really have a bath and, and that was actually something that was appealing to me about the hospital birth was that they, were, they would have I would be able to have bath, birth in water there so rang up reserve me a, a bath room and then uh, yeah I just went into the zone and I remember this point like the the um the, the contractions which I prefer to call like rushes in the birth rushes were so powerful and just I got to this point where it was like oh my god these are just so full-on like this is the most powerful thing I've ever experienced in my life and it is huge and it's bigger than me and you know what I don't care if I die or whatever I am just giving myself to this it was this total point of where I could have just freaked out because it was huge or I could have surrendered and I chose to surrender. I remember that moment so powerfully and I just started crying because it was so huge. It was like, wow, I didn't know that I didn't know anything about surrender until this point. Until then I was fairly, you know, fairly in control of my life even though it was pretty out of control but this was a whole next level. So, So totally went into it and then it was like, whoa, just riding the, that birth and roaring and, you know, groaning and moving and total primal animal, like just right in there. And then got to the point, it was like, oh, I think probably have to go to hospital at some point. We, couldn't we just stay here? I just didn't want to go. Anyway, 
decided eventually, okay, we'll, we'll go to the hospital, we'll get up and get in the car, which was the biggest pain in the ass ever, get in the car, have a few rushes in the car, which was so uncomfortable, get to the hospital, eventually find the door, which would let us in because it was like middle of the night, two in the morning or something, um, no, three or four, something. Got in there, go into this room. This midwife says, all right, sit on here, take your knickers off. And she just sticks her finger up and I'm like, <laughs> all right. Is that because I was so in the zone, like that? I was just like, "What do I? What happens? What do I do?" You know, like total in this. It felt like I was in Alien Planet walking into that hospital, and uh, um, so she goes, "Oh, we're well, three and a half centimeters dilated," and like I didn't even care. Like I didn't even think that number went in one ear and out the other, and I'm just like, "Well, just give me the bath." Like that's what I'm here for, and so. In retrospect, that could have been devastating to receive that news, you know, like this is, I was 25 and a half hours into labour, three and a half centimetres, are you kidding me? But luckily it didn't matter. So I went up there, got in the pool, labour just fully kicked in. The woman there didn't like me because I said, no, don't, I don't want my baby having anything. I don't want any drugs. I don't want the, you know, the vitamin K or the, the hep B, none of it. Thanks, just let me birth. And I think I did have a bit of an attitude by then because I just had been dealing with it all this time through this pregnancy. And so she just sat in the corner of the room filling in her forms. So I went into the space and within like an hour and a half after I'd arrived at the hospital, um, I'd given birth. Like So basically it was really quick that last little window from three and a half to 10 just went boom. And then I was in the water and I could feel this full deep expansion. It's like, whoa, okay, like, yeah, this something's happening. And put my fingers between my legs and I felt this big, shiny, smooth thing. And I thought it was a baby's head, but it was actually the sack of waters. And I could feel it and I just sort of looked up and this was a mistake in retrospect. But anyway, I looked up and I said, the baby's coming. And the midwife jumps up and she goes, oh, no, 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 you can't give birth in the water. And I was just like, what? Huh? And so she grabbed my arm and she got my partner to grab my other arm. She goes, you know, out you get, out you get, you can't give birth in there. And I was just like in this total twilight zone, like thinking, oh, my God, like, what's going on? So so I get up, I've got this sack of waters like coming out. So in my mind, that was birth was happening and I was about to birth my baby in the water, Right. Next second, she gets me out and she goes, I need to pop the waters to check if you're dilated. And I'm thinking, baby's coming out, whether you think I'm dilated or not. So she did that. She stuck her little needle thing, hook thing in the waters and then it just gushed all over the floor, big splash. And I just felt this, I just felt so disorientated, like my whole world was spinning. It was like, what the fuck's going on here? Like, whew splash with water, suddenly out of my own flow, right? Because up until that point I was, besides the slight interruptions. So she's like, quick, we need to get this baby out, the cord, the head's on the cord. So because she'd popped it and the baby had dropped and, and, and dropped onto the cord, so the cord was being compressed all of a sudden. So there was all this panic. Get on the bed. We need to push this baby out. So all this, there was all, suddenly all these people in the room and, um, and I was just like needing to push this baby and I was wanting to not push. Like I was wanting to just let, let my baby birth, but there was all this panic. So anyway, I, I got up there and I pushed myself purple 
and I pushed my baby out. She came out. As soon as she came out, they put her straight on the scales, which were right there. And I just went, give me my baby. Like it was this raw kind of vicious, like, fuck, you know, I just birthed this baby, give it to me. And so obviously that is going to screw with my hormones. So instead of the love and the oxytocin and the bliss and the baby comes on and everything's all good, it was like this shot of adrenaline. So then I just bled heaps and um, they're all like, oh, how much do you – how how much do you bleed? Do you get heavy periods? And I'm just thinking, God, what planet are you on? I've got a baby in my arm. I couldn't give a crap about that. So, I mean, they gave me the baby straight away, like after the moment of weighing. And um, so then I was bleeding and then they gave me the, the injection. And then, so it was just this kind of like kerfuffle, right? But I did birth naturally and I just, my heart expanded, my whole world transformed, you know, like that's what birth does. I um, loved it, just loved being a mum. I had a lot to a lot to process after that, even though, you know, compared to other people's stories, there's a lot of trauma in birth and that's pretty minimal. But for me, it was huge because my beautiful water birth in the cool baby was ripped out from under my feet. Mm. So it was sort of instead of that beautiful, peaceful birth, it was a birth in um, panic at the end. It was other people's panic. I wasn't so much in panic, but I was kind of at the whim of that system. So I had a lot of questions after that. I was like, why did that happen and why did I bleed so much? Because I didn't know about all hormones and stuff. So I researched that. I just got – I just became a total birth junkie after that. And I just – because I felt so incredible after birth, I'm like, oh, people need to know that that birth can be like this because I'd been around – by that stage I knew a few people who had births and they'd had quite horrible births. They'd been induced, and that was why I was so determined not to be induced. They um, had, you know, all sorts of inter- interventions. So considering, I mean, my intervention was getting out the water and having my waters, uh, my, my sack of waters popped, um, that was pretty much the intervention, which was pretty minimal. Mm, but um, still, but was, still definitely valid though, isn't it? When you yeah. look, at, look at trauma and healing and experiences, it's um, all of our experiences are so valid. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, so, I just think too, yeah. I'm just going back to that, sorry, to backtrack, yeah. but it just seems like nothing was getting in your way. I was just thinking, so you're 25 years old and I'm kind of reflecting on my own experience here because I was 27 when I had my first birth and yeah. it was in a hospital and I was birthing as a single mum. So I didn't really have a partner as such, I had a friend with me and my lesson in that birth was to stand up for myself because it was the same thing. Everything went okay. Yeah. It was that same cascade of people trying to tell me what to do with my body. Um, yeah. And I had to learn that from that birth. And I just – I love your whole – leading up to that like no one was just getting in your way with 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 that so that probably helped a lot yeah (laughs) yeah and I just I love that mama bear you know give me back my baby I know that feeling like at that time I knew I knew that I was some part of my path was to do with birth like empowered birth and especially yes helping women to have have a strong voice in there because if I had a if I had a stronger voice and if I had known my options, I would have said I wouldn't have let them get me out the pool. Yeah. I probably wouldn't have even said the baby's coming. coming. I would have just yeah. had the baby. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So so that was that was my initiation into birth. Second time round, 
not a doubt in my mind I'm totally having a home birth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's no way I'm going to walk out my front door again when I'm in labour. How many years after your first baby was your well, second pregnancy? She was, they're three years apart. And it was actually, it was interesting because I split up from that partner um, when my, when that, as soon as the baby, actually as soon as pregnancy happened, as soon as the baby came, he was from Canada. We met in Canada. That's where I was, you know, travelling. He came back to Australia. Then when he landed here, things just kind of like turned to crap pretty much with our relationship in a way and it just got worse after the baby came. And um, it took me a year and a half to actually leave him but it got so toxic and he was constantly angry and criticising me and putting me down. It was very abusive, emotionally abusive and I eventually left him and I became a single mum. And then I did a whole heap of study and personal growth and one of the things was holistic psychology and I um, did a lot of – I was focusing on birth. I did a lot of workshops and um, – I did some a lot of rebirthing and breath work, and in one of my rebirthing sessions, and then I and then I don't know where I was, my head was, but I I got back together with this guy. I, well, I kind of know because he was saying, "Look, you know, things have changed, and I won't be like that anymore." And I just fell for it, hook, line, and sinker. And also in the back of my mind, I was like, "Well, you know, I'm really ready to have another baby, and it would be quite convenient to have a baby to the same dad." So, um, yeah, we got back together and I was in the middle of getting, having all this healing and I had a breathwork session and my whole body was cramping up. Um, there's, a, there's a condition called tetany, which, which is when you're in resistance and I was in resistance about timing in my life in um, this breathwork session. So it was like my whole wrists and hands were all cramping up. My whole body was starting to buckle up and I was like, what's going on? And I knew that I was holding on to something. And what I was holding on to was because I wanted to finish my two years of holistic psychology before conceiving another baby and having my next baby. I had this like idea in my head and it was like, right, I'm controlling the timing. I'm trying to control the timing. All right, I need to just surrender, right? So when I finally said, okay, I don't need to control the timing. I can let go of the timing of when the next baby comes into my life because that was really alive for me at that time because I just got back together with this guy. And as soon as I did that, I, my whole body relaxed and surrendered. I felt really this warmth rush through me and then I had this like visitation from the soul of my next baby who said, now you've made the space for me to come in. I was like, wow, it was so profound. Like I was in tears and it was an amazing moment. And and then I had a workshop that weekend with Sonny Carl who wrote um, oh, Sacred Birth. Yes, I love Which book. is like my oh, Bible. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I love that book. <laughs> I know. And I went to this workshop and did all this clearing, like her whole Sacred Birth workshop and and, and met her and she and bought her book and she said, you have a, and she wrote in the book, you have a very productive life ahead of you. And I was like, oh, wow, like it was all happening. And then I conceived, fully consciously conceived that baby um, like the, the week or two later and could see the whole thing happening in my in my body. Like I saw the spark of life and the, the everything it was like, I've just conceived a baby. This is amazing. And no doubt at all. And there she was. She was there. Right. So then um, called a midwife. I had a cup of tea with her one day. That was the entire care of my pregnancy. <laughs> Called her. 
and and I and I felt so super confident, like because I'd given birth already, you know, and I felt like you know if I was on my own, I would have been better off. So I um, this baby suddenly thirty nine weeks, bang! I'm in labour in the middle of the night. I was actually um, single again by this point because halfway through the pregnancy, the guy started getting back to his old tricks, and I was like, oh, get out of here! I don't want your energy around me. It's just cramping my style. Like I want to, I want to grow this baby and have a peaceful home. So get out. So I was, I was single at this point and I had my other daughter who was nearly three. She was two and a half. Um, yeah, like, no, she just turned there. There's, yeah, she just turned three because she was three in December. And so this was January. The next baby was being born. So yeah, I was at home on my own with my three-year-old in labour in the middle of the night and it sort of just came on, bang, by surprise. And so I, in the morning I called my sister who was going to be my photographer and to be with my daughter and I called the father because he was going to be there at the birth and I called the midwife and there was also a student midwife who I'd agreed to let be there. I said, yeah, cool, like come and experience a home birth because she wanted to work in home birth. So I had a little, a few people coming over. And I said to them, oh, look, you know, my last labour was 27 and a half hours. Look, no rush, just whenever, I'll get here later. All of a sudden it just kind of kicked in and, um, yeah, basically uh, that was an amazing birth because I could just do what I wanted. I didn't have to go anywhere. I went out in the backyard. It was in the morning in the sun and was roaring the contractions through. And it was really interesting. I had one point when my sister arrived because we hadn't taken our – our pregnancy photos yet like we were going to do it that week like the the end of pregnancy like you know this is the big belly picture that hadn't yeah. happened because we we were kind of thinking we'd have that extra week up our sleeve so my sister so we said we said let's take them now so my sister was out in the backyard we're taking pictures in between the rushes you know because in between I was just so super relaxed and so I was standing there, she was about to take a picture and I felt a birth rush coming up, coming on. And I was just like, no, 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 I'm just going to have this picture. I just forget about that. Like, and I was really resisting it. And that was the first time out of all my, both my pregnancies that I was actually resisting the feeling coming through. And I was saying to my sister, take the photo, come on. Cause you know, this is about to happen. And so the, the rush came on and it just felt so painful because my whole body, I was just tensing against it. I wasn't saying yes to it. I was saying like, not now. And I felt this agony in my body and I just had this epiphany moment like going, oh my God, like that's what birth is for people. And then it stayed, my body stayed tense after the rush had subsided because I was holding the energy in my body. And um, the next rush, I just got on the ground, hands and knees, and just roared it into the grass. I was like, Rah! and all of that tension totally dissipated and I felt my softness again. And I was like, wow, that was a really profound experience and uh, something that I need to understand because I didn't know that that's what birth is meant to feel like, you know, like, um, well, that's what other people feel it as because that's not what it had been for me. So then 
as the birth intensified, I started getting really visual. Like uh, the birth pool, my, my partner had arrived, my ex-partner, you know, the, the father had arrived and he was like frantically building the birth pool in the lounge room and eventually like it was basically barely full enough for me to get in and squat to my hips kind of thing. It was like I just needed to get in that birth pool because <laughs> it's coming and the last few rushes were super psychedelic. Like I was just having visions and I felt I could see this total like spiral of light coming down from the heavens and through my body and peeking at my cervix and then going out into the earth beneath me. And and I was shutting my eyes and I was totally in this shamanic zone. Like it was amazing, so magical, just totally riding that. And the midwife hadn't arrived yet. I'm like, Okay, like baby's totally about to come. I think I, I think we just caught her and I said, um, you need to come now because the baby's coming. So I was basically doing it on my own anyway. Like the midwife, she arrived just as the baby was crowning and head was coming out. And so I had a beautiful water birth, totally uninterrupted, did a lotus birth as well. And it was all beautiful. Like, it, it just was amazing. So that was m- it was like so healing after that first birth. Mm. And how was the feeling after your first birth um, just to get to hold your baby straight away? And um, Oh, it was incredible. It was just so blissful and there was barely any blood. That was the amazing difference. And I'd learnt that in between those two babies. I'd learnt that about the hormones and that, you know, when your oxytocin's peaking and you get that beautiful moment, then that's what happens. The, the, the placenta contracts as it's meant to, the bleeding stops or, you know, really slows down and the placenta comes out and it's all fine. Um, yeah, because in my first birth, the placenta took ages to come out. And that's why they gave me the injection and I kind of pulled on it a bit. And, you know, there's all this crap going on with that. But I'd since learned better. So it was amazing to just have those those experiences and see the difference. Mm. And did you, did you do any, um, in between the first and second birth, did you do any, uh, like I know you did a lot of research and you became the birth junkie. Did you do any classes or um, sort of workshops or that type of thing? No. Well, well, I I studied birth and I I focused and I got a distinction in birth in my holistic psychology studies. Okay, great. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like right in there. Like I was looking at the spiritual dimensions of birth. I had Sunny Carl's book. I'd done her workshop. So. Yeah, like I had just really journeyed quite deeply into my research of birth during that time. Um, yeah, so yeah. I I was so much more well equipped with with knowledge. Yeah, and, the first, and I think Sunny Carl would be enough to just set it straight. You know, sometimes people do a lot of different avenues. They might do like hypnobirthing or calm birth or this. Yeah, but, um, when I, I was the same after I read through her stuff. I was just like, wow, that's. <laughs> That sums it up. <laughs> yeah, that's right, for sure. And I, I got to see there was a conference called Future Birth in Adelaide at the time and I got to see Michelle O'Dont and Sarah Buckley and lots of pennies dropped then, especially about the third, natural third stage with Sarah Buckley and I spoke to her afterwards and I said, oh, my God, thank you. That's the missing piece of the puzzle that I have been putting together the last mm. while. And did so, she inspire you for the Lotus birth? Uh, Sunny Carl did. Okay, great. Yep. Yeah, because yep. that's in there and it just felt like, yes. Oh, actually, in the holistic psychology, 
that was that was the first I heard of it because my holistic psychology teacher was amazing. She really, really holistic, you know, like mind, body, spirit on all the topics that we we researched and studied. And I've heard about lotus birth. I'm like, yes, I'm doing that. Like I'm going to do, I am going to have the most ultimate peak birth experience yeah. of my life, cool. you know. So give it, give it to me, any information, anything. So that's what, that was my that was my mission. Yeah. And how did the lotus birth go? Um, do you want to explain a bit? Yeah. For people that never have experienced or don't know what it is. Yeah, sure. Well, that was really beautiful. I, I remember it was straight after the birth, you know, because we've still got the placenta. It's all attached to the baby. And so we, we were equipped. We had a bucket and a strainer and water and um, we I didn't, I didn't really know what I was doing other than just following directions from a book. And we had heaps of ground um, rosemary, the herb, and we had a, a little bamboo steamer or like medium size, like placenta size, bamboo steamer. And so we had all the equipment and we were rinsing it. And I remember I had a moment of, mm, I don't know, this seems like a bit of a pain in the ass to kind of have all this stuff. But that was just a moment. And then I reconnected with the reason why I was doing it. I'm like, yes, this is actually not even about me. This is about the baby and it's about retaining the energy field, right? And and just let's just do it. Like I'm all, all for experimentation. So um, we, we um, washed, the, you know, rinsed the placenta and then covered it with ground, ground rosemary and it felt so sacred to be doing this and it felt really peaceful and we set up a nest in our um, bedroom just with salt lamps and, and the blinds drawn. So I didn't know whether it was day, night, whatever. It was like, oh, a big mishmash. It didn't matter. So we, um, yeah, the, the first couple of days there was a bit more maintenance required for the placenta because uh, it was still quite moist and we are putting the, um, turning it from sort of flipping it from side to side. And I had a folded nappy, cloth nappy under the, um, placenta inside the bamboo steamer to absorb moisture too. And so it became, it's kind of art, <laughs> you know, we kind of like got into the zone of it and, and we were looking after the placenta and then the cord dry, dried up and got really hard. And so we just really adapted to that and it became our little world. And the most beautiful thing is that it kind of protected us. It was like we were in this bubble of magic and no one came over except people like my mum came and she was a little bit like, hmm, that's different. And But she sort of stayed in the background because I was still single. So the guy, like no one was there. It was just me on my own with my three-year-old. But my mum would visit each day and she was awesome and she'd make me lunch and hang out the nappies. But I wasn't actually using nappies on my baby. I was just total nappy, nappy free. I just had stuff under her to just catch any wee or poo. And she was so peaceful, like she barely made a sound. And it was almost like the, the lotus birth became the other parent. Mm-hmm. I could, if I needed to go to the toilet, because I've got my other little child with me, I could just get up and my baby would just be looking at me so super chilled and peaceful. When I could walk out the room, I could come back, and she had her she had her placenta with her. So she was fine. She wasn't on her own. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. And then her energy started to shift a bit after a few days. And so her cord eventually came off after six and a half days, which is kind of long for a lotus birth. I mean, they kind of vary from three to 10 days or whatever. And I could really tell she was coming back into her, coming into her body, like 
much more alert. Her eyes were more sharp. She was you could tell she was kind of looking around more. And the, the, the cord at her navel was just a tiny little thread still holding on. And, and then this one day, and then she kicked it off and then the cord was off and it was like this whole other level of birth. It was like, wow, now she's born. And now I could just freely pick her up and carry her around. And I still didn't go anywhere. Like we, I didn't go anywhere that whole time. I just stayed home. That was my nest, my birthing bubble. A few people visited, but I was pretty much just on my own with my baby and it felt really beautiful. Um, and then it, and then I didn't realize, but it wasn't until after the cord came off that she actually cried because she was just so quiet and peaceful through the whole lotus birth. It was almost like she was still in the womb. And, yeah, then it, then it was like, wow, okay, now, I'm, I am. <laughs> now I'm in motherhood again. Wow. Isn't that really special to honour that the more – it's a really good way that you've explained lotus birth because a lot of people think it's just like you're hanging out with your placenta and that's it. But it's mm. – it's honouring that space for her to be ready or your baby to be ready to make that detachment. Um, yeah. And you usually hear of them kicking it off. I always hear that with people with lotus births. And did you note, Did you look at the placenta a lot and watch the change in the placenta? How well, it- yeah, I mean I was still each day putting a bit of rosemary on it and, and so it was shrinking. It was Basically it was just shrinking and dehydrating each day, getting smaller and – it was hot, like it was total heat wave in Adelaide. I think it was like over 40 degrees for a few of those days. So it was perfect weather for it. Um, it was dried out. And after about day four or five, it started to get an aroma, like really earthy kind of aroma. So I used a bit of lavender oil drops just to kind of, you know, lift it a bit. And But it wasn't unpleasant to me. It was just I just felt like I was total primal earth mother. I'd just given birth and I'd just, you know, it was all, it just, I was totally in the zone. So it was all part of it for me. Yeah. Did you, yeah. did you, I don't know if, because this is what I don't know about lotus birth. Can you eat the placenta after a lotus birth or well, do you need to give it back to the earth? Yeah, I don't think you would eat it. Uh, I don't know. Like basically what I thought, because I was like, oh, do I eat it or do I do? I mean, I was pretty um, intent on doing the lotus birth. But fast forward to my third birth, just in that moment of like eating it, I asked, like after the baby was born and after the, the placenta came out, I kind of like energetically kind of asked like, okay, can I cut some off and eat it? Because I was really open to doing that. I was open to eating some and doing the lotus birth, like maybe just cutting off a bit. But it was my intuition was super clear, like, no, don't touch it. Mm. Don't cut it. So that was like not even a question then. It was like, okay. So I think if you were going to eat it, you'd probably want to get some fresh because I don't know, like yeah. I don't know for sure, but it's it's spent, you know, a week or whatever dehydrating and meat. I don't know if it would be safe to eat after that amount of time. Mm. It yeah, might. It's always yeah. It's always quizzed me because I encapsulated, and I would love to do a lotus birth, but I would love yep. to still eat it too. So, well, yeah, that's that's right. And I was really open to that. I thought, well, you know, we'll do a lotus birth and cut a bit off and do both. Like, why not have it yeah. all? Yeah. But um, yeah, it wasn't quite yeah. intuitively that wasn't going to work for me. It was just the lotus birth was the thing that that baby was asking, asking for, whatever for. was happening in that situation. Yeah. So I think it's just so individual. 
it's like you just need to really trust what what feels right for you and and connecting in with that baby because as mums we're so connected with our babies especially through pregnancy and birth we're so energetically entwined with our baby so really trusting whatever feels right like encapsulation is a really great thing to do too eating it I was really open to eating it I want I actually wanted to eat my placenta after the first birth and in hospital it was this huge hoo-ha for me to take my own placenta home I had to fill in a form about it being a medical product and I need to sign that it was going to be buried six feet under and I'm like, yeah, whatever, sign, you know. Yeah, I had the same experience. So as much as I needed to learn about sticking up for myself, that's obviously what I needed was to take it home and yeah. be with it because I went through the same thing. I was so adamant that I was going to take it home and they just got so frustrated with me and I was like, no, I am taking that with me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So heading on to your next birth, which I read the story and I'll definitely link to it from your website, which is just so amazing. I just got – your style of writing is just brilliant. I got right into the, the whole story there. So do you want to <laughs> kick into that one? Yeah. Well, that just takes it to the whole next level, yeah. you know. Like <laughs> when I – I was single for five years between like between partners and I – knew that I'd have another baby and I was not going to do that unless I met with someone who could totally embrace it all the way. Like I wasn't going to go through any crap like I had with my other guy, you know, with crappy stuff going on. It was like, it's all or nothing, right? So I met eventually, that's a whole other story itself to actually attract the level of love that I'm living in now. But we met and we both had so many aligned visions and all about like how parenthood like how child how the way we raise children can transform this planet and the way we give birth can transform this planet and he'd had a different experience with his um earlier children because he'd uh, he had two children already so he was a single dad so I met a single dad with two kids which was just like perfect because I had two kids and his birth of his first two were quite medicalized and so he was really open to this idea. And even though we were both like, he was, I suppose he was a bit like on the ride and his soul knew that it was, it was a journey, but it all felt a bit quick. Um, so we, within three months of getting together, we conceived our baby. And that pregnancy, because I was in such a deep loving space with this man, it was for the first time I wanted to share this with someone because before I'd basically done it on my own. So this was next level. It's like, oh, well, how do I? And that did my head in actually. It's like, how do, how do I include someone in this? You know, this is me. How do I expand and have someone else be part of this journey? So he's a, a relationships and sexuality coach and educator. So he had been doing training and he was actually doing his studies at the time when we were when I was pregnant. So we couldn't find much information on sexual healing with um, pregnancy because I knew like if I was going to take my birth to the next level, I was just going to need to clear a lot of stuff that I had been carrying. Like every woman in our culture, well, probably every culture really, carries uh, sexual tension, unresolved stuff. Like it all, we're very receptive. So it all just kind of lodges in our reproductive area and that can create a lot of tension and um, you know, emotional blockages and stuff all, all sitting in there. So I wanted to clear all that because I was here to have the next level ultimate birth experience. So that was 
the journey of that pregnancy was a lot of sexual healing stuff, a lot of um, the next level emotional healing so that I could become a truly clear vessel for this birth energy to flow through me and just take it to the next level. So, um, yeah, and, and I teach people how to, you know, what I did. I just go, well, this is the path I, I took and this is the pathway to have the ultimate ecstatic orgasmic birth if that's something that you want to try out, you know. So by the time we chose to free birth this one, we're like, we don't want anyone interrupting us. We don't want any, you know, um, bystanders looking over. We did have the five, the four children. And we thought we just, we totally stepped into a space of trust with it. We thought if the children are there, they're there. We did have someone that we could ring up to come over to be with the kids if we felt we needed that. And there was some, yeah, we, we actually, I rang her to let her know that we were going to have our baby. It was in the middle of the night and her phone didn't answer. And I just thought it's fine. The kids are asleep. And that was my vision. Like I'd, I'd really, I, I really get the power of visioning and stepping into that vision. And in my vision, the children were asleep and we birthed in the most central ecstatic way at home. And I didn't know about this kind of birth. It was just this intuitive thing inside me. Like I hadn't, read about it or even the even the birth stories that I'd read that were um orgasmic didn't match the vision in my mind of what that actually looks like in terms of being in a really intimate loving space with my partner sharing the birth space together so when we went into that space it actually started we were in bed and he was caressing my body with his fingertips and I was getting these rushes of pleasure through my body. And then they started to deepen into my womb. And it was the exact day that I'd predicted months earlier that we would be birthing because it was a full moon and it was exactly 10 moons after conception because we conceived consciously and I'm like, we're going to birth on this moon, on this full moon. So it was like really cool to go, right, right on time. That's so awesome. I know. <laughs> So cool. So, and but we went to bed thinking, oh, well, nothing's happening. Oh, well, you know, it didn't matter. We weren't attached to it. But, but yeah, it did start to happen. And so then we needed to get up and because we we're on our own, we need to set up all the space. And, but we stayed in bed for a while and it was just really dropping into this beautiful central space together and felt so connected and so loved and, and so trusting and so excited about this birth that we had prepared for together as a team, the two of us. And that was new for me, you know, after having done it on my own. So we went out, got everything sorted. And the, the birth rush is like this time I was just totally in the zone, no interruptions. I didn't have to call anyone. You know, I did make that one phone call, but it didn't go through anyway. It was like, it doesn't matter. The kids are asleep. And each rush just felt like my whole being was just dissolving into the universe. Like it was amazing and it was this total pleasure. And um, really my partner was with me. He was kissing me in between. We were hugging and like even during or whatever. It was all this big love space. We were just totally loving each other up. We were also practical stuff like getting the birth pool sorted and went outside under the full moon and lie down to have a bit of a rest and we were in this such a loving beautiful space and then and I could feel everything and I was talking with the baby which is a I've, I speak with my babies in my births that's what I do with each one it's like yeah it's happening I'm here I love you and talking to the baby and and then it it kind of happened quite fast I mean it was 
about six hours that labour, I was actually worried that it was going to happen too fast because I really wanted to indulge in it. Um, and I'm really, it just felt perfect the way it happened. It was long enough that I could totally indulge in it. And and the more I went deeper into the, the labour, the more I felt like energetically I was so expanded and I just felt like I was the universe. I was just totally ecstatic, orgasmic. My partner was right there with me. He was feeling it because he's also very intuitive and perceptive and uh, and then I could feel the um, I could feel that I was open and I could feel my pelvis widening and I could feel the the head starting to descend and I was like, oh, I need to get in the water. <laughs> and the, again, the birth pool was like barely like full much at all. We had these really we were living out in the bush, a little trickle of a t- of water coming out of the hose, and it's like fuck it, I don't care. I just get in there anyway, and um, barely covered my hips and. So I got in there and, and then baby's moving through me and it felt so amazing because I was really feeling open and and then I put my hand down. I could feel his head crowning. I didn't know he, she, you know, I didn't worry about scans or anything. Um, and, th- and then I was saying to myself when the, the next rush the head was starting to move through and I was just saying stretch, 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 like this mantra, like my whole body was just so stretchy and soft and the head was just gradually coming out and it's kind of paused and then, then there was, and then there was another rush and I was stretch, stretch and the head just like pop, you know, heads out, all good because I was really mindful that I've got no one here, you know, it's me. There's no midwife. There's no. We were kind of out in the bush. So in the back of my mind, my midwife hat on. It's like just go slowly. Just don't don't tear. This is all good. And so that's what I did. I just went slowly, and it was felt amazing. And then he came kind of halfway out, and then it's the the birth kind of paused, <laughs> and. He was halfway out and he was asleep. He was, you know, my partner's like, he's got a strong heartbeat and he's asleep. His eyes were shut. But up until then he was awake and really moving and really quite interactive in the birth. And then, yeah, and then eventually it was kind of a surreal moment to have a pause. It's like, oh, there's a baby halfway out me and I could see it halfway out. And um, then he came out The rest, and then we picked him up and he was just divine and I was just in ecstasy and we were both just on cloud nine and he wasn't breathing yet, but it didn't matter because like he's totally all connected in with his cord and I knew that I felt that was the one thing, having a free birth, I wanted to be prepared for that, for if I needed to resuscitate or anything, that was the main thing that I wanted to know about. So I knew about that. So I felt confident he came out and he wasn't, yeah, so I was hugging him and, and like just gently massaging his skin and saying hello and welcome and super mindful of those early moments, those first seconds on earth and what are the messages that baby's receiving. It's like you're welcome, you're here, we love you. And just that overwhelmed with oxytocin, you know, full on love and, 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 and he still didn't breathe and so I just picked him up and I blew in his face to just stimulate him a bit and then he still didn't breathe so I put my mouth to his mouth and blew a little a bit of air in and that stimulated him to sort of, okay, yep, time to breathe. And that whole time I was feeling so trusting. I just knew like that was the path. I, he was here and he was joining us and just doing what intuitively felt right, connected with also what I knew to do. And 
yeah, and that, that was just a, a totally beautiful birth. And then just exactly as I'd visioned it, the kids woke up and they came in the door because they'd heard me and I said to them, birth can be can take a really long time. So if you hear me making noises in the middle of the night, just, you know, don't worry about it. You just go back to sleep. Um, but they had heard me and they hadn't gone back to sleep. And it, when the noise noises stopped, they came in. Um, you know, they gave it a few minutes and came in just like I'd kind of visioned. It was this amazing manifestation just unfolding before my eyes. And then I got out the birth pool and then I was, I, I completely had forgotten about the placenta. Like I was just in baby land and I sat down on like a towel. I'm like, God, it's un- something's uncomfortable. I'm like, right, yeah, right, I've got a placenta in my vagina, that's why. So um, I just kind of I squatted over a silver bowl and the placenta dropped out into that and I needed to push that a little bit. That was basically all the effort for my whole birth was just push the placenta out so it comes out into the bowl. It was like about one drop of blood. There was literally like just about no blood. It was amazing. Amazing. So clean. It's almost funny, isn't it? You just revert back to the first birth and then going, oh, you know, is it your periods are bleeding a lot and all this sort of thing and just like, well, here you go. One exactly. drop of blood. <laughs> yeah, but what I what I wasn't prepared for were the after pains of my in my womb were chronic. It was all of a sudden my womb's like, yeah, we're going back down now. And that was quite agonising, which – like the whole birth was amazing and blissful and ecstatic and I've got the baby and it's all good and birth's kind of finished now, placenta's out. But then the afterbirth, but I, I was actually prepared with um, some cramp bark tincture and I had some just a little remedy that I could have for that. So that was the only actual thing that I prepared for. So I was kind of prepared, but I wasn't actually prepared for how much it was going to hurt and it brought me to tears a couple of times actually, that, that, that sensation in that first um, day which sort of, I mean, it didn't didn't detract from the absolute ecstasy and bliss of the whole situation, but it was almost like, wow, this is so weird that I have this, this actually felt painful afterwards when my womb was, was contracting. But, you know, and my whole being was elevated to a whole new level through that. Like I have no doubt. It's like, and my partner too, we went through a complete nervous system upgrade through that experience. Yeah. And, like, and it's like um, I was just thinking about your partner there and the healing or the reprogramming or whatever mm-hmm. you like to call it that he got because you oh, had to allow – well, you taught yourself to allow him in and you're in this together and it's like you both just got this massive transformation together. Yeah, yeah. it was huge. Yeah. Well, his two other babies were C-sections. So he was kind of like, get out the way, mate, we're going in, you know, like he was – so he had a lot of a massive healing for him. Mm. And so, so he didn't have any um, sort of fears or does he? did he describe any after the birth, like when you were debriefing, did he have any point where he felt the fear surge up or something come into the birth where he had to sort of quickly work on it or he was completely no. clear and he was com- going? Yeah, he was completely clear and present with wow. me just just like we had been through the pregnancy when because he facilitates sexual healing stuff and tantric body work and that that requires someone to be fully present to another person's process without tangling it in with any of your own stuff you know just be really there um and that's how he he was 
he was just a hundred percent present in his love the whole time. Wow, I, I'm thinking too of that moment too, and bringing up fear and being in a space that you created or you guys created in that moment um, when he didn't breathe for a while, and mm. you blowing blowing that breath into his face wasn't a breath of like, oh my god, I got to do something. It was more no. of like. Hey, come on! Ooh, yeah, come on! It's time I'm now. Like it's, 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 it was so kind and gentle, and yeah, I know. I, I I sort of reflect on my second birth, which was at home, and it was that same thing. My daughter didn't breathe for quite a while, but no one panicked. It was mm. just more of that. Oh, you know, when she's ready, and it's yeah, it's so much nicer to bring. Um, you know, that first imprint of a child. Well, you know, essentially out of the womb. Um, into that space where it's like, come on, come on now. Let's yeah, <laughs> for sure. And yeah. and actually I had an, an experience of that as a because I'm a birth keeper, so I support women in birth and, yeah. you know, learning um, how to have this kind of a birth. And I supported a woman in hospital, which was a little bit apprehensive about, but I thought, you know what, she's asked me and I'm going to go in. She was, she was going to have a ho- home birth originally and have me there. And she event halfway through, she did a shamanic journey and she kind of, yeah, it was really interesting and she – she, plus she was living in a caravan with no running water. I was like, okay. I supported her in, in, in um, hospital and she went to 43 weeks, which with my support she was totally getting major pressure to induce her baby by then. So 43 weeks she went in naturally and I went in with her. And so she was considered high risk. So they weren't. They said, look, you can't go in the water. So as soon as they went out of the room, we just filled up the tub, put her in the water anyway. Mm-hmm. And at the end... Um, when the baby was born, there were two midwives because our hospital policy and they need two in the room. So he came out and he wasn't breathing. So one of the midwives said to the other, quick, cut the cord. We need to go resuscitate him. And I just stepped in. I said, no way. Don't cut the cord. Put him straight on mum. So I just kind of took over and this woman was in my trance. She just went, oh, okay. So just, I sort of took over and put the baby on mum and then we welcomed him in. It's like, hello. And the mum was quite oblivious that, those few seconds had happened because she was in her own kind of zone and other, you know, at the head end. And so I put the baby in and again, very gently, hello, welcome. And she was just so blissful and and so happy. And she just, we gently massaged him and then he gradually started breathing in his own time. And I really had a lot to process after that because I just thought, oh God, like that, they were literally about to cut him off from his life source, take him off to a bloody whatever they were going to take him to out of the room. And yet how different is that an experience compared to being on mum and waking up gently? Mm. Yeah, there's a lot to say, I suppose, for the policies around that and it'd be great because there's a lot of resuscitation techniques that you can do on mum. Yeah, exactly. Um, you don't need to cut the cord straight away. That yes. The basic resuscitations before you need to make the next analysis of what's next um, can be all done on mum. Um, well, it's based on, you know, so fear-based. It's like they're worried that they might get in trouble and the yeah, little things. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And it's so hard for these midwives. I just really put it out there for them, the ones that are yeah. you know, trying the best because they want to do the best for women and serve them. Um, but yeah, you know, that fear, it's, it's overriding. Yeah. And they are, they're bound by hospital protocol. They're doing their job. Yep. That's right. Yeah. 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 Wow. (laughs) So tell me about how these births and when did Blossoming Woman 
start and your work that you're doing now? Yeah, well, tell us about that. Before Blossoming Woman, it was Bongo Baby. I was um, doing. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah, I was doing um, EC clothing <laughs> for babies because well, I'm a costume designer from my before kids. So I used to make like costumes and all sorts of things for TV and everything, right? But so kids come along and it's like, oh, well, I'll make baby clothes now. And so I was making organic and handmade baby clothes and EC wear, and it was Bongo Baby, and I had a website and I was on forums because back then this was like like a long time ago, over, over a decade ago, Yahoo forums were pretty big and I was quite active on the EC support um, and natural parenting stuff. And I was really enjoying that stuff. I loved talking to the women. I loved supporting parents. I kind of had this just intuition knowing how to support women as they were preparing for birth and everything. And um, and then I also had all this training. So I needed to transition from Bongo Baby to Blossoming Woman. So I it was like, it felt like a huge leap to actually move into working in birth. So I got a a coach, a business coach to help me um, get the confidence to sort of step out there and go, okay, well, actually, this is what I do. I support uh, mothers as, as my main thing now, rather than making clothes. And so Blossoming Woman was born. um, It will actually, I knew that I was going to do the the, that business, but I didn't know what it was called. And then I was studying shamanic midwifery at the time. And I went on a, um, vision quest. And so all the, everything I needed dropped in. I, the name blossoming woman came to me in my vision quest. I was out in the bush, uh, on my own without food. Like there was collectively, there were quite a, a few women on a vision quest, but we're all separate individual out there. And the whole point of the vision quest was to get a vision for my life. What am I here for? How am I here to serve? So blossoming woman dropped in like a lightning bolt, really clear those words. And so I just had, I had a, a sketchbook so I could just write and I just, the whole thing just flowed through me like from the universe or whatever. And I was like, wow, that's cool. I don't even need to think about a business name. And so I set that up and my first offering was the, uh, the sacred journey of pregnancy, which was a, uh, group program for pregnant women. And it was on via teleseminar back in the days of teleseminars. It was online kind of thing. And so that was my very first thing. And I put it out there and two women joined, which was really fun. So there was me and two other women and we had beautiful connection through our pregnancies. Cause I was, that's when I was pregnant too with my little one, my third. And yeah, and then I just started getting out there more. It wasn't really until after the birth because the, my business was kind of born with my pregnancy and my birth and everything all at the same time. So it did, I wasn't really that focused on business, although I was clear about what I was doing because I'd had that full download at my vision quest. Um, and then it was after I re-emerged out of that baby bubble during the pregnancy with Zenon, I was writing the secrets to blissful birth while I was preparing for that birth. And so that morphed into the course that I run now, which is also kind of in the process of morphing again, which I'm not actually sure what it's morphing into, but it's currently the birth blueprint, which is, um, reclaiming nature's wisdom, a step-by-step guide to ecstatic birth. So it basically goes through pregnancy, preparing for birth, the birth itself, and then emerging as divine mother. So that whole journey, really delving into your own self and your own feminine power. And it's quite a holistic journey and very connected with your heart and 
you know, a lot of journaling and exploration and healing and so that ultimately you can become a, a clear vessel for that birth energy to flow through. And it's interesting the way my business has evolved is I support women in all, like I specialize in birth and sexuality because to me birth is the ultimate sexual opening and so sexuality and birth kind of naturally go together for me and then birthing new aspects of yourself, birthing business. Like I'm currently supporting a whole group of women who are birthing their soulful businesses into the world, which is just kind of the same process as birth. Um, you know, really looking at what are your fears and looking at, I like to shine the light on fears and doubts and really bring that up so we can look at that and what's it about. And, and that's the way to release that. I'm all about clearing and releasing, moving into freedom, moving into freedom. So the work that I do now is really I, I do one-on-one sessions, I do online courses, um, yeah, and I support women in, in all those areas like relationship dynamics, sexuality, motherhood, birthing, aspects of themselves, that kind of thing. Wow. That, I, I was just sort of thinking that blueprint too just sparked my – because I've been thinking about my – internal blueprint I suppose and mm. my imprint and I feel like I've just spent so many years doing internal renovations yeah and sometimes you get to this point where the renovations stop <laughs> and you're kind of sitting in the house yeah half done half not and you need to do this and that and it's that sort of ebb and flow of healing and rediscovering mm. and rebirthing and it's, this is why I love um, the work like you're doing and so many other people is that we need to do it as a collective because mm. it's one person heals. It doesn't matter if it's just one person. If that one person heals, the flow and effect of that healing is for humanity and it's so important in birth. Like actual, you know, if you can get on top of this awareness and this consciousness during your pregnancy, it's, you know, your baby's imprint in the womb mm. is is going to be much cleaner and like you said clear the channels it's just it's just that's it clear the channels and we're gonna have a better humanity I suppose and a much less sludge to troll through and it's going to be clearer all around so yeah for sure well that's something that I've really tuned into is that this is nature's design is for birth to be an ecstatic celebration you know and and it go, there's a whole lot of layers to that because obviously, you know, in our culture, women's sexuality is really suppressed and that's been going on for thousands of years. And our, the way we birth, it catapults us into a whole new level of power. And if we can birth in an empowered way and so that our babies retain their full radiance, they, th- this, this amplifies the whole human collective consciousness, you know, so, exactly. yep. yeah, every, 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 each birth makes a difference. And as we move into these new ways, we're, we're literally birthing a new humanity, just like what Sonny Carl says on the front of her book, sacred birthing, birthing a new humanity. humanity yeah. yeah, new ways, new, next level. We, we will not be told what to do by some corrupt leaders when we're fully in our power. Yeah, exactly. And that's the exciting thing. Yeah, it's awareness from that system and, you know, off that sort of linear curve that we're so used to, that safe space. Um, mm. It's We need to build that point where we can, you know, say a 
catastrophic event happens, we don't have that um, sort of understanding of natural systems, I suppose, with with our indoctrination into these mm. modern systems. Um, yeah, so, yeah, it's time. This is yeah, time. <laughs> sure, like reclaim. That's why, yeah, I call my um, course like reclaiming nature's wisdom because yeah, this is it. It's like this is what our bodies do, women. This is what we are made for. We're made for our our nature is ecstatic bliss. Yeah, like that's the core of who we are. And when all the other stuff is removed, that's our default mode. Is is bliss? Yeah, you know, when a baby comes out, they're in bliss. Yeah. Unless some stuff happens, but our our in our main kind of natural state of being is bliss. So, in all the work that I do with women, it's like, well, what's coming up? I totally trust the process. Trust what's next. What's coming up to be seen? Because that's the the next thing to be released, so that you can experience more of your bliss. Mm. That's just. So well said, and I'm. I feel like I'm just going to ponder and reclaim nature's wisdom for the rest of the week now. <laughs> I love it. How? What's the ETA of um, this project coming out? This next one. Well, the birth blueprint is out now. Oh, I'm it's just, out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like that's there. I'm currently in this space of. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm kind of in this cocoon at the moment of new next level offerings and I'm not sure what they are. So the, the birth blueprint course is there. Um, but, you know, that may evolve to something else. So, you know, my my website, blossomingwoman.com.au, if you jump on there, you'll be able to see what's alive now <laughs> um, because the offerings do do evolve and my way of working. I'd like to do another group journey because that's really rich. So that may be something that's coming up next and I'm not sure when. So I'm just kind of sitting in the mystery at the moment. So stay tuned. That's it. Yeah. Avalon, thank you so much for spending your time to share these amazing journeys. I just feel very enriched and Reclaim Nature's Wisdom is in my head. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's been really fun. Yeah, it was great. It was yeah. Great. So blossomingwoman.com.au is where people can find you and your amazing work and you can read the full story too, third, your third birth. What? What's your son's name? Uh, Zen. 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 That's the right. birth of Zen. Yeah. 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 So I'll link to that in the show notes too. Yeah. Thank you. Thank Thanks you. so much. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. Did you connect with this episode? Then head over to our website, circleofbirth.com. There you'll find show notes, pictures, resources, and potentially connect with today's storyteller. Don't forget to sign up to be updated with new empowering episodes and content. Help the show grow by contributing a tip in the jar to make sure we can continue to better the podcast and connect more and more to the wisdom and birth and each other. Hey, and don't forget the iTunes rating. This has been another episode of the Birth Share Project. We breathe, we birth, we empower. We empower.